on February 20th, 2016, on a seemingly normal Saturday, a seemingly normal man begins picking up riders for Uber. By the end of the night, six people are dead, and the reason he gives is one of the strangest stories you'll ever hear. You're listening to the Mysterious Brews podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Jason Dalton and the Uber Possession. Basement. Oh God! Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Uh, little technical difficulties while we're recording on a Sunday. Oh yeah, it's a new, new, new experience for us. Yeah. So you know us, man. Sundays we're usually praising the Lord, living at the foot of the cross in various ways. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, don't let me do that again. Yeah, most. <laughs> yeah, I've been there before. So, we got how's go? How's it going? No, no, let's not talk about that. Let's just talk about you. How are you doing? Sir? Hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit, sir. We're still on quarantine. We're open. Georgia's opening up a little bit, but we're not. I mean, we're not on quarantine anymore. But we still seeing crazy Six things. Six foot apart in restaurants. No, don't get me started. <laughs> but anyway, I'm all right. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. A little tired, but hey, whatever. Let's get this thing rolling. All right, man. Uh, so if you've been following us uh, on Patreon, you'd seen that we had taken down the uh, $20 equipment tier. Come on. I think we need to add that back. I don't believe we took it down. I think there was a ghost in the machine. We did buy new mics and mic cords with our Patreon money. But we are still looking to upgrade our soundboard and get us a dedicated computer. So if you feel it in your hearts to chip in a little more, we would greatly appreciate it. But all donations are accepted. We had a little traction in the world of podcast. We were number 92 in Scotland. Nice. That's pretty awesome to be top 100 in anything, especially podcasts, because there's about 14,000 of them. So we uh, we actually get a, we got a couple good things of feedback. We got a five-star review uh, by the Libertarian Libertine, or Libertine. I'm going to say Libertarian Libertine. He said, great podcast, five stars. As a, George, as a Georgian that also enjoys beer, I can relate to these guys on several levels. I'm fascinated by the subject matter, though I'm incredibly skeptical. This is a very enjoyable podcast, and I'm very thankful that my friend Quill decided to share it with me. My first episode was the giant that was supposedly killed by U.S. soldiers in the Middle East. Both funny and informative. Who could ask for more? That's awesome. Thank you for the, uh, the feedback, and thank you, Quill, if you're listening, for uh, recommending us to people. And we also got a really super cool tweet. Anytime I get on the Twitter, I see some people are like, I need podcast recommendations, and I always recommend our podcast. But I'm never sure that any of them have ever listened. Well, this is the first time we got direct feedback from one of those people that I recommended our podcast for. Her name was Magenta, Magenta1. 
She said, super impressed by At Mysterious Brews. Being born and raised in Asheville, I grew up closely following the Zeb Quinn case. It's really the first quote-unquote big crime that happened around here. Y'all did an awesome job covering this case. Best podcast I've heard on it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And she also tweeted a, a few days later that she's been binging our episode. So that's amazing, too. So I, like I said to her, I sent her a message and told her that Zeb Quinn was definitely one that's very interesting to me because he and I are about two months, three months apart in age. And we were both 18 at the time. And when he disappeared, I just it just blew my mind. So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, go ahead and give it a listen. It's one of our better ones, in my opinion. So thank you for the feedback and thank you for the uh, the shout out. So, but more on to more important things, and that will be the case at hand. No, 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 no. We oh, I'm sorry. About You're right. Case at hand. No. Well, it is a case at hand. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is from Bales Brewery, oh. and we happen to procure Kalamazoo Stout, oh. an American Stout. From Michigan, it's strong. It's yeah. good. It's, it's. Uh, I'm not a big stout fan, but every so often, you know, every once in a while, it'll hit the spot. Yeah, and it definitely hits the spot today. That's for sure. So, thank you to Bells for making such an amazing Kalamazoo stout. Which is apropos because guess where our case is from today? Anybody want to guess? I know, Kalamazoo. It's from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Sweet, man. Sweet. I'm, yes, I'm so excited. And when you, when you, as we describe this case, it's going to sound just uh, sad to say, but run-of-the-mill mass shooting, which is a horrible thing to say. Um, <laughs> but we live in America, and these things happen often, so what can you do? But once we get to the, the the confession, you're going to hear some strange, strange reasoning behind what he did. And so let's let's get into it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Arlo. So like Coach said, on the night of February 20th, 2016, there was a series of random shootings that took place at an apartment complex, a car dealership, and outside of a restaurant in Kalamazoo County, Michigan. Six people were killed. Two others were injured. And the day... Boy, you really, you really, you really drug that out, man. I know, that man. was a long. Okay, so there we go. That's the case. That's it. See y'all next time. Do you want? So <laughs> you want to maybe go back and expand upon that, or? Yes, that's what I was going to do. <laughs> but you just cut me off there. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to have the comic relief in here somewhere. So the day in question, from an investigative standpoint starts with and we're going to go through the timeline of the day and then we're going to come back and look at we're going to Martin Scorsese this thing. Yeah. Then we're going to look at Mr. Dalton's a little bit of his personal life at the time and then we're going to get into the confession. So shortly after about 4 p.m. on February 20th, 2016, a resident of Kalamazoo County, Mr. Matt Mellon requested an Uber pickup to drive him over to a friend's house. He was picked up at 421 by Jason Dalton, who was driving a silver Chevy Equinox. During the drive, Dalton received a call, and after finishing, he allegedly started driving crazy. And this is according to Mr. Mellon. At one point, he entered an oncoming lane of traffic, drove through a median strip, ignored a stop sign, and sideswiped a Ford Taurus. And what's what's strange is uh, 
Mr. Millen's going to be freaking out and be like, man, you hit that car. And he's going to be like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And he's just as calm <laughs> and it's eerie. What, yeah. yeah. 2020 did a whole episode on this and it is extremely odd. So Mellon starts pointing out, hey, you missed, there's my friend's house. There's my friend's house. And he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop. So finally, when Jason Dalton comes to a stop at another stop sign, Mellon just jumps out, rolls and and calls 911. Yeah. And then he's yelling at a neighbor that had come out to screeching tires. And the mortal words, Matt, and the mortal words are, though, Matt was like, deuces. Yeah. He uh, calls and there's a 911 call that they play on the 2020 episode. And the 911 operator is kind of flippant about what to do. But from what I could gather watching that, you have two options when you call in about a dangerous driver. You can either report it and have a cop come out and take your statement, or you can just say, look, here's the car, there's the tag number, and they can do a be on the lookout. So basically, that's what he did. He didn't want to press charges. He didn't want to waste yeah, anybody's but, time. But Uber is Uber's complete, <clears throat> completely capable of tracking their cars, man. You're on GPS constantly. So, But the funny thing is, he, they said... It may have been a better idea for him to actually call Uber after he reported it. You couldn't get to a human back then on Uber. And since this... Really? Yeah. And since this episode, I think that's what made Uber change their mind. You had to call in, leave a voicemail, or you could email them. Oh, yeah. And we all know how quick people get back on email. Oh, yeah. The county sheriff's department has to be on the lookout for Dalton Chevy Equinox, including the license plate. So... This all started about 421. Well, at 434, Mr. Dalton returned home and called his wife 41 minutes later, asking her for the keys to their Hummer H3. They agreed to meet at his parents' residence, which is about 10 miles from where he was at. On the way, Dalton accepts another Uber pickup request from a woman who wanted him to pick up her boyfriend at a Richland Township apartment complex. So the lady texts Dalton moments after the initial request with a correction to the address of where her boyfriend was going to be at. Now, what you haven't mentioned yet is Mr. Dalton, while he was at home, procured something very important to this case. While he's at home, he's going to pick up his gun. And this is a model Glock 19. So as he is coming into the apartment complex, he can't find anyone out there. So that he starts texting the lady that requested the Uber pickup. She follows up with him on the address correction, but he doesn't respond. So a lady that was outside of the complex says that she sees an Equinox driving aggressively towards the apartment. And at one point, he swerves over a speed bump and comes to a screeching halt. At approximately 542, Dalton is seen by Tina Carruthers driving recklessly through the apartment complex parking lot. And she is walking her daughter and some of her daughter's friends to another child's home to meet the other child's mother. 
and she stated that she saw the Chevy Equinox turn around and come at her at a high rate of speed. She recalls that at, as the car came to a screeching halt, she could hear a dog barking continuously from the vehicle. Tina states that the man asked her if she was the lady that requested the Uber, and she said no emphatically because she was upset that he would be driving that way around children that were on the sidewalk. As she turns to leave, she said she heard gunshots, and she yells out to the kids to run. Now, Tina would put herself between the sound of gunfire and the kids to protect them. And she would tell ABC's 2020 that she felt the shots hit her in the arm and both legs. Yeah, I mean, she's a very brave thing. I yes. Mean, she, she purposely tried to sacrifice her life to protect the children. And that is an admirable thing because I would probably just be running. And they asked her if she would do it again on, on the 2020 episode, and she says, hell yes, that she would not even yeah. think twice about it. Yeah, she's going to be shot four times, but she's going to survive. That's... Yeah, and one of those shots, is one of the bullets, is still lodged in her liver as of the ABC 2020 episode. It's crazy. It is. She states that she hit the ground, and as she was trying to crawl under a truck, as the shots just continue and continue and continue. So she said that she decided to play dead, hoping that he would stop shooting. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. Well, it's later determined that uh, Mr. Dalton emptied the magazine from his Glock 19 at her. So he thinks that he has killed her. Mm -hmm. And so there's 911 calls from residents trying to get an ambulance over there. And the first thing is a lady comes up to Miss Carruthers and asks her if she's all right. She doesn't answer. She wants to know if any of the children are hurt. Yeah, that's her immediate concern is she doesn't she she states that she's going to refuse to even talk about herself until she knows that the children are okay. Again, great woman. Very, yes. very, very brave, very better than I am. Let's just put it that way. Because <laughs> I know me. <laughs> he would have been every man for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at around 6.05, and this is approximately 20 minutes after the shooting with Miss Carruthers, Jason Dalton called the requester of the original Uber at the apartment complex stating that he could not do the ride because something had come up. So one minute after the shooting... Dalton's Equinox was seen driving through a red traffic light at an intersection approximately a mile away from the apartment complex. It struck another vehicle and fled the scene. The driver of the other vehicle calls 911 to report the crash. At around the same time, a neighbor found the injured woman who was treated by responding emergency personnel, and that would be Ms. Carruthers. So later on that evening... Dalton allegedly meets with his wife and his children at his parents' home in Comstock Township. He explains to his wife that the Equinox had been sideswiped by a disgruntled taxi driver in a Chevy Impala who fired a gunshot at him due to rage at having his business taken away by Uber. He then assured her that he called Uber and they were handling the incident. 
He also provided his wife with a 9mm Taurus handgun, telling her it was not safe to be at the house without it. In addition, he instructs her not to go to work and not to take the children to school. He then attempted to leave in the Hummer, but the Hummer would not start. So he took her black Chevy HHR. And he's also going to say something very odd to her. Yes, and this is extremely chilling. Yeah, he says, um, fuck. What exactly does he say? He says, (laughs) I cannot tell you what's going on. That's it, yeah. But you will learn about it on the 11 o'clock news. And is it at this point that he goes back home? Yes, he returns back to his residence. And he retrieves another gun. And then for some reason, he's going to shoot a shotgun in his shed several times. Yes. His neighbor's going to hear it, and his neighbor's going to report it. Well, and then he, well, before he goes back and shoots off the shotgun, it's found out that he withdrew money from an ATM at around 645. Mm-hmm. And then for, I think, the next hour, he continues accepting Uber requests and drops people off. Yep, like nothing's going happened. on. So none of the passengers that he is using or that are using uber noticed anything unusual or alarming about him and his wife was on record stating that later that night at around eight thirty, he had called her and told her not to call her parents which is another odd statement after meeting his wife at around i'd say six fifteen, six thirty, all the way until 10 o'clock there's nothing going on he's doing his usual uber stuff no incidences nothing now at approximately 10:08, he arrives at a key dealership in kalamazoo and according to a witness after parking his car he approaches a boy and his father which is odd to me that these these the two individuals are at the Keeler dealership at this time at night. But of course, it could be possible that they were just checking on a looking at a car that they were going to come by the next day, and you know. And I think that was the general consensus that I think the father was letting him look around for a truck. I yeah. think he was in the marketplace for a truck. Yeah. So, and the two individuals, seventeen-year-old Tyler D. Smith and his father Richard E. Smith, fifty-three, and Jason would approach them and ask them what they were looking at. Before they could ever utter a word, he he fires approximately 18 rounds at them and fatally killing both of them. Terrible. Other witnesses at a Burger King parking lot across the street see him fleeing and call 911. And the one call is a lady saying, hey, I just saw a guy shoot two individuals at the Kia dealership, I saw the smoke from the barrel. That's how close she was. Wow. Isn't that isn't that the girlfriend? The girlfriend's the one that it recounts what they were there for, but okay. there was a witness across okay. the street that okay. saw the gun. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So about 15 minutes later, police get a call that there has been a shooting outside of a Cracker Barrel restaurant in Texas Township. And again, this late, what are they doing at Cracker Barrel? Especially. This is strange. Very strange. Very strange. Like, Cracker Barrel ain't open. 
No way Cracker Barrel's open past 10. No. <laughs> and this Cracker Barrel is approximately five miles from the Kia dealership. So four people were seated inside two different vehicles, and they were killed. That's five people. He and shoots one, five yeah, people. one was wounded. So yeah. four dead, one wounded. The four women that were killed were Mary Jo Nye, she was 60, Mary Lou Nye, 62, Dorothy Brown, 74, and Barbara Hawthorne, 68. Those were all four of the fatally wounded individuals at the Cracker Barrel. All four of these women were friends, and of course, Mary Jo and Mary Lou were sister-in-law. The other occupant, the one that was injured, was Miss Abigail Kopf, and she was 14. Yeah. That, and unfortunately, she was, niece, she was... She was the niece of one of them. Yes. Unfortunately, she was shot in the head, and initially it was reported that she was dead, but later it was confirmed that she did survive. Uh, the shooter reportedly, according to witnesses, approached one victim inside a white van, asked her a question, and then just opened fire, and then turned to the adjacent vehicle and shot them too. The shooting took basically less than a minute, and then he casually walked back to his car, reloaded his gun, and returned home. So in the 2020 episode... You have police investigating the apartment complex shooting, and they have a description of a silver Chevy Equinox. So there's a, there's a bolo out for a, a Chevy Equinox that's silver. They have a tag number. Then they get report that there's somebody in a black or dark blue car shot, well, killed two people at a Kia dealership. So now they think they have two different shooters. Yeah. And so then as they're at the the uh, Kia dealership, roping that off, taking witness statements, they get a call that there's been another shooting at the Cracker Barrel. And so, and you can see from um, police dash cams, and we'll try to try to put links on our social media so that you can look at some of these. I did say try twice. <laughs> the, <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's an hour well, right thing, there. Well, the thing is, you know, you, <laughs> you edit these two weeks later and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. we said we were supposed to do that. <laughs> but anyway, you can see the, the cops at the Cracker Barrel just perplexed at, hell, he stood right here and then he just walked up, boom, 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 boom. And, and they're all – but I will say this, and especially at the time of this recording, I believe all – law enforcement in Kalamazoo County between the sheriff's department, the city police, the county police, whatever out there, they all worked so well, so quickly on this. Mm -hmm. They really did. I mean, this spree doesn't last very long. No. And so. And doing research on this stuff, like there's a, I was going to recommend, and I still might at the end of this episode, but this paranormal scholar did an episode about, uh, this was one of the cases in one of their episodes, and it said for months. It said this that his spree lasted for months. No, mm -mm. no, it did not. It a matter was of hours. Hours. Like, how do you get that wrong in your research? I, well, if you type in um, Uber shooter or something like that, you get. Uh, there's another couple of people that have shot 
Uber drivers, but you've not. I think this is one of the only Uber drivers to go on a spree. I think it is the only one, to be honest with you. So as the police continued the manhunt for Jason Dalton, he continues to accept Uber fares. At 12.04 a.m. on the 21st of February, he picks up three pip- people. Pipple. Pipple. Three people. He picks up three of them pipples. He picks up three people and drops them off at a dormitory on the Western Michigan University campus. The passengers later recalled that the driver wasn't too friendly but did nothing to alarm them. Later, around 12.12, Dalton picked up four people and drove them to their hotel. During the ride, one passenger who had been hearing reports of a shooting spree jokingly asked Dalton, are you the shooter? Oh, wow. Yeah, and Dalton replies, no. No. A few minutes later, he picks (laughs) up. like a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought about when I saw that. (laughs) So a few minutes later, he picks up another three people. And just like the previous passengers, one of them asks him if he was the shooter, which Dalton vehemently denies this time. You know. Like a liar. (laughs) (laughs) So at 1236, a police sergeant with the Kalamazoo County Sheriff's Office observed Dalton dropping off the three passengers, followed him, and requested backup. He was joined by a KDPS officer. And the two conducted a traffic stop at 1240. And this, again, is on YouTube. You can see the dash cam. And there is no incident. No. He goes peacefully. Yeah. They tell him to stick his hands outside the window. He does. They approach him. One is in full tactical gear with his um, AR at the low ready position and the other officer is making a wide berth to go and make sure that he can keep an eye on Dalton. And so when additional officers arrived, the first two that pulled out, pulled him over, take Dalton out of the car and arrest him. But he, again, he's very, you know, nonchalant. He doesn't, he just sticks his arm behind his back. They said what was eerie was he would not speak a word. And at the time he was wearing a jacket that he had purchased at a gun store, and this is a 5'11 jacket. He told police that he knew why he was being arrested, and that's all that they would say. So they found a handgun at the back of his waistband, and I believe they find some more ammunition in the car, but I'm not certain on that one. At his arrest... The police did determine that none of the victims were connected and that Jason had fired at least 30 rounds during the shootings. Now, we will get into what he said once they get him back. He's going to have an explanation to why there was no incident when he was arrested. But let's get into his background just a little bit before we get there man this is this is our this is the we can do whatever we want this is the do it like we want it this is there's no rules this is like outback steakhouse man there's no rules just right just right so jason dalton was raised in greenfield indiana he went to school there he went to high school in nearby charlottesville he attended comstock high school in kalamazoo 
and graduated in 1989. He then attended Kalamazoo Valley Community College, graduating in December of 1992 with an associate degree in law enforcement, though he did not enroll in the school's police academy program. Strange. Very strange. Dalton married his wife, Carol, in 1995, and the couple had two children, ages 10 and 15 at the time of his shooting spree. Carol immediately started divorce proceedings upon finding out what happened. And the family was living in a nearby town called Cooper, which is in the suburbs of Kalamazoo. Jason was generally described as a nice guy and a good family man, though it was later reported that he had been acting depressed in the days before the shooting. Later, neighbors said Dalton had been acting kind of paranoid right before the shootings occurred, and then, like Coach said, the neighbor said he walked into his shed and started shooting a shotgun, so I would say that was a little odd. According to an old friend of Jason's, he tried to seek a job as a police officer in Michigan or in one of the nearby states, but was unable to, and he had no interest in moving far away to find a police job. So instead, he studied auto body work at Tech in Laramie, Wyoming, and found work at a BMW office in New Jersey at one point. This allowed him to get jobs as a mechanic and then as an insurance adjuster. And that's what his profession was at the time of the shootings. And Dalton would state that he was working for Uber for just two weeks trying to save that money for a vacation. An Uber representative stated that Dalton had passed all the background checks and there were no red flags in anything that he did up until the night of the shootings. A former co-worker of Dalton's would go on record stating that, and this is a co-worker at the insurance company, would state that Dalton yelled at a customer over the phone, slammed the phone receiver down, and would pace around his desk angrily afterwards. And Jason was canceled about his professionalism towards customers after that little incident. (laughs) There were some customers that would state that he had an unprofessional tone, which if you watch the confession tapes in the police interview room, he's just monotone. Mm-hmm. And that may be how he is. I know several people that if when you talk to him, you're like, God, he's an, they're an asshole. But that's just the way they are. They don't have any inflection in their voice or anything. Now, on the day in question, Jason and one of his friends would visit a couple of gun shops in the area. And this was something that they did normally. I think they did this either every weekend or they would do it, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple of times a month. Yeah. And that's where he would wind up buying a jacket. Basically, it's a concealed carry jacket that had pockets for magazines and for a pistol. So, the prosecuting attorney stated that when they did the search warrant at his house, it was found that he had anywhere between 12 and 15 guns. Well, that's not abnormal. No, and that's what the prosecuting attorney said. He said he had obtained all of them legally. Yeah. There was none of them that would ever raise a red flag, and that he basically did everything by the book. 
And he states, he said, just like if we did search warrants on anybody else in his neighborhood, we're probably going to find anywhere from 10 to 20 guns per house. That's just what we do up here in Michigan. Yeah, I mean, it's Michigan. If if there's any state that could be, any state in the north that could be considered southern, it's, it's going to be Michigan. And that's why we love Michigan. So let's get into the confession now, Coach. Yeah, he's going to give a very strange reasoning behind this killing spree. And before we say it, we just got to remind everybody that this man had no prior, no prior uh, history of mental illness. He seemed relatively normal up until this point. I mean, everybody goes through a little bit of depression. Everybody goes through a few things. So he's going to claim that the devil made him do it the devil is going to be the cause of this killing spree through the uber app itself and he's going to describe some very strange things happening on his app for example he's going to claim that he's going to be shown the eastern star which is and what he recognizes the Eastern Star, which is going is an upside down pentagram. And this is a women's fraternity that is that coincides with the Masons. Correct. Actually my my mother and sister are both in the order of the Eastern Star. And his grandmother, I think, was, wasn't he? Wasn't she? Jason's? Hmm? I, I think I read so. somewhere that his grandmother was. He's going to state that if they only knew, it would blow their mind. He Dalton explained how when he opened the Uber taxi app, a symbol appeared, and he recognized that symbol as the Eastern Star symbol. Dalton acknowledged that he recognized the Uber symbol as being that of the Eastern Star, and a devil head popped up on his screen, and when he pressed the button on the app, that is when all the problems started. He's going to say that the Uber symbol is normally red, and while he was picking up and dropping off people, it stayed that way. But when he recognized the symbol and spoke what the symbol was, the color changed from red to black. And he said that he states that he wishes he would have never spoken what the symbol was because when he saw it on his phone, the devil figure and horned cow, uh, the devil figure appeared as a horned cow, and then it would give him an assignment and it would literally take over his whole body. Dalton said that he believed that he would have never, ever mentioned that the Uber symbol resembled the Eastern Star. He would have never had any problems. Dalton was then asked what was different tonight from other nights, and he said, as a driver partnered with Uber, the icon is red, and that night it changed to black. The cops then asked Dalton why the system allowed him to stop for the officers, and Dalton said that he didn't know. Dalton then told us that he did know one thing, that when the symbol switched, when the system switched from black to red, and when the officers was about to say something to him, it went beep, beep, beep for Dalton to log back into the system. Dalton said that when the system switched back is when Dalton got his presence back. So he's going to state that the reason why he didn't attack the cops is because the, the system switched back from black to red, basically uh, no longer possessing his body. Now, he would state in the confession tapes that he thinks that he killed the first lady, Miss Carruthers, but he didn't. And there is a huge 
legal battle, and this case drags on for years because he originally says that he's going to take the fifth. And they Mirandized him before they brought him into the interrogation room. But there's a clause in the Miranda Act that states if there is concern for public safety, they may continue to question the perpetrator if they believe there are, A, other victims, or he has posed a threat to the community. And that's what they were trying to do. And you can see these interrogation tapes and they do they just ask him is there anybody else is there anybody dead laying in a ditch and he finally says no and and that's it but what comes under question is they're trying to find out if that's true or if he's working alone so they bring in an officer that jason knows and is friendly with and this is where what coach just read came from this man comes in he speaks to him and they're having a general conversation again there's this huge legal battle that ensues but you know i guess that the difference in this case and other mass shooting cases is that he does talk Mm -hmm. and this possession, they, the cops would state that they were, as soon as he started this confession about the possession and the app, they th- immediately were like, he's going to try to claim a mental break and plead temporary insanity, which that may have been it. But one of the main theories out there is that Mr. Jason Dalton was a victim of mind control. Well, let's let's hold on to the theories. Let's just let's finish what he's actually going to tell the police. Dalton told the police that the app was telling him to be available at all time. He said it wasn't like a telling, it was more like a control. Dalton said the Uber requires a driver to have a car newer than 2007 and when you plug into it, you can actually feel the presence on you. He's going to say that He could only tell us that it had the ability to take you over. The police confirmed with Dalton that he was explicitly referring to the Uber app, and Dalton stated yes. He then told told them that it feels like it's coming from the phone itself, and he didn't know how to describe that. But he was, uh, it was almost like an artificial intelligence that can tap into your body. He then said it had the ability to take over you to the point that you are merely a puppet. They asked Dalton where he was headed when he was stopped, and Dalton said that the system was telling him to drive. They asked him if he knew where it was telling him to drive, and he stated that the system was literally telling him just to take turns. Dalton said that it starts out that you have to follow the navigation, but it gets to the point where you don't have to drive at all. The car just goes. He told them that once the app would turn from red to black, it was a five-star driver that it, that is, when it was telling you, God, (laughs) (laughs) They said, Dalton then told us that when the app would turn from red to black and it was a five-star driver, that is when it was telling you you could drive just as fast as you wanted to. He said that the iPhone can take you over. He explained how you, Dalton explained how you can drive over 100 miles an hour and go through stop signs and you can just get places. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. But. 
Dalton explained how there's a customer service score on Uber, and when he tapped the button, he could say anything he wanted to about the person, and it would be anonymous. Dalton then said he could hear other people's phones ding, and their score or rating would go down. He states that during the, during the spree, he was seeing himself from outside his body. Dalton said that the thing knows where everything is through your phone. Dalton said that it knows everything, and when I asked what it was, what it was he said whatever Uber is attached to. Dalton told us that he is not a killer, but he knows that he has killed. But of course, it wasn't his fault. It was the devil. It was an outer body experience. Now, though he gives this confession willingly, no one's going to buy it. He's going to be convicted. He's going to be sentenced to life in prison. Actually, he up and it was the last day. No, the Trial was about to begin, and he enters a guilty plea. Oh, okay, okay. So he exhausts all his appeals to get the confession thrown out, and he then probably did that in order to avoid the death. Yes, penalty. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Now he has not done any interviews or said anything else about it since his conviction. So, theory time, or not our theory, but <laughs> the theories. Yeah. So the possession... Well, well, let's... I mean... Okay, so let's start with the most likely scenario is the theory that he just had a mental break and went fucking apeshit crazy and he was trying to cover his ass and put the blame on something else, which is possible. I mean, people... Just because you've not had any indication of mental... Though... you may have not shown that you're having mental difficulties, but he could have been going through some shit. Yeah, he could have. Easily. And if those rumors are true about him being canceled at his place of work, about his attitude there, that would bring on some depression, that would bring on some anger, and then he may have been given an ultimatum, either you know start being a better customer yeah. service representative of this company, or you can find yourself another job. Yeah, and I mean... I mean, people without, I know that he was going, he was doing what he was doing to save for a vacation. That's why he took the job with Uber. But most people that are financially stable completely don't have to take jobs with Uber. You know what I mean? Right. They don't take second jobs. So he could have been having financial difficulty. He could have been worried about his job and he literally could have just snapped. Yes. And let's get the, the, your theory that you tried to you tried to jump the gun and state. Let's go with that one first before we talk about the actual possibility of possession. possession. Yeah, one of the theories out there is that he is a victim of mind control, and they state classic MK Ultra mind control techniques. And there's a YouTube video that is very hard to find. The Gentleman that does it, it's about 11 or 12 minutes. It takes forever for him to get through the backstory of MK Ultra, but eventually he does. He states that Jason would state in his confession that he remembers his hand going out the window to point at Tina Carruthers, but doesn't realize that he's actually pulling the trigger of his handgun. Mm-hmm. And then he would make some other comments about, you know, 
like driving recklessly that Jason was like, I wasn't driving recklessly. You can just do this. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't hit anything. What are you talking about? And from the Matt Mellon, his first Uber customer that day, stating that he was just as calm and collected, you know, no inflection in his voice or nothing, leads credence, according to the YouTube video, that he is under some kind of mind control. And the guy uses Sirhan Sirhan as an example. And supposedly... Yeah, but Sirhan Sirhan killed Robert F. Kennedy. Yeah. And that's all. This dude... Kills a lot of people. Well, who did he kill? Random people. Right. And the guy says that the reason he's using Sirhan Sirhan as an example is... And I've never heard this until now, but supposedly Sirhan Sirhan told someone he thought he was shaking Robert Kennedy's hand and he was actually pulling the trigger to the gun. Oh, wow. And so those do have a correlation. And then there's a a couple of other moments in the video where he states that the app would be a way to not really program someone, but get them to eventually start using it more and more and more, and then that is a means for them to start programming you. I know that's a jumbled up well, it's not, thought process. I mean, it's not too far out of the, um, if you're conspiracy-minded, that's not too far out of the realm of possibility because we certainly, well, I don't know about certainly, but we most likely would have the abil- the technology to do things like that if they so chose to do it. Oh, most definitely. But my question would be is why? Why those people? What What was the motivation? Why? I, it doesn't make sense to use black, um, black budget technology and resources and time to brainwash a random dude to kill random people. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, no, it doesn't make sense to me either, but it could have been one of their what they would say is a dry run to see if it actually worked. Okay. And that's what the guy put forth in, because I think someone had posed that question to him when he was coming up with his theory. And he says, you know, they have to test it somehow. And why not with a just random ass mass shooting, which, okay. I mean, there's, you know, you can see where the guy's coming from. So there's that theory with the whole, well, let's run with that. And that, that would make a lot of sense in, in the sense that, it's a dry run they're practicing, and then Jason Dalton described it as a possession. Maybe they go back to the drawing board and say, well, now we have to be able to fix it where they don't remember shit. Remember anything. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, we're going to end up on a list. <laughs> we are already on a list. <laughs> but, I mean, not... It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, once you put put the idea in in my head that it might have been just a practice run. That... And the whole thing is, you know, we don't do a whole lot of conspiracy theories because there's only certain ones that are plausible. But this one, MKUltra, is been and, and proven. One, and the ones we think are plausible, we're too scared to talk about because, like, like I just said, we're going to end up on some lists. <laughs> yes. But this one has been proven, and it has been proven at It's been proven that they tried. It hasn't been proven that it was an factual 
thing successful that worked, right you know but they did this at several locations to see if it would work mm-hmm. and i put air quotes around c like everybody could see me yeah <laughs> so there's that whole mind control theory but the other and i would say this is the more prevalent theory online is that he truly was possessed and by a demonic force the the randomness of it would lend credence to if you're going to if you're going to buy into any of them the randomness would make me th- you know just the devil just screwing around he says you know let's see if i can make this guy do this and he did and the whole thing i the whole thing with he didn't kill everyone that got into to his car as an Uber customer. Well, he was saying that the re- he didn't act upon anything until the app turned. until the yeah. app told him to. So the when he was picking up people, maybe it was normal. Maybe maybe it did. What if this was uh, what if this was somebody at Uber? What kills me? What if it was just somebody screwing around with Uber? Trying to do a software update and kept going. <laughs> not even... Not, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I got this update. I was supposed to do it last night. I got to do it right now. And then... Just... <laughs> this guy loses his mind. Oh, over it. dude, that's... Uh, ugh. But, okay, let's go back to the, the devil. I mean, do we... As mysterious brews believe in the devil, do we believe that the devil is a actual being capable of acting upon things in this manner? I know we've got on a little bit further down the line, we've got a devil episode coming up. It'll probably be a few month or so, maybe a little sooner. That we're going to actually discuss the devil and certain things that he's proved that people say is proof that he exists. So let's let's. What do we think? Believe in the devil? Yeah, I don't believe in a. You don't believe he came down to Georgia and stepped lost, up, jumped a, up on a hickory stump, and said, "Boy, let me tell you what." No, but I don't believe. I believe almost like the, uh, what's that movie with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves? That's uh, Devil's Advocate. Yeah, I believe that where. That's a real, he was, a, he was, a, he was there. He was a yeah. physical manifestation. I believe he can manifest into getting people to do things. I don't necessarily would believe that he would manifest as a app. Why not? If you believe, well, I mean. I know. Just yeah. curious. Why? I mean, if you believe why that, one, then why, why not? not the other? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think, and this is just personal opinion, so y'all can take it for what it's worth. Well, but this I, whole thing's personal opinion. I think that for, it's once we get past the facts of the case, everything's personal opinion. I just believe that he gets his rocks off. The devil gets his rocks off by being able to manipulate people from a flesh and blood standpoint. Not from a magical whim of an electronic device. I, I mean, and uh, I respect your opinion. I just don't. I know if, if it's you, hard to. It's hard. Well, to, you put me on the spot. It's I don't hard have, to understand why you could believe that and not believe that he could just possess an app. I'm not addicted to my phone. 
the, well, he can. I mean, I mean the devil's in the details. That's the thing. I think that's the whole thing. But you did put me on the spot, and I have no way to well, no, I mean, talk I, about it. But I anyway, res- I respect let's opinion. get to... I'm uh, just confused. Many me's opinion is, I believe the devil is real and that he can interact with this world, but I don't believe he used Uber for it. Also, he can't come down to Georgia anymore because this is God's country. That was mini me. So, what do you? What's your opinion on on this case? Or no, the, the devil. devil. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I'm open minded. I'm a skeptical optimist, as I've stated in a few many, of many our times. podcasts. I just don't know. I don't know if um, how much put stock in religious beliefs i'm just i'm jaded on it and i just don't think but i have seen many many cases and i've seen many many youtube videos about cases where there's some sort of demonic possession so i'm gonna say that it's possible but i'm unsure i would say that the um the trial run thing theory that you posed, I think that's a pretty good one, to be honest with you. Well, I, going for the government control, going on the possession thing, and I don't know, I really don't, I didn't research this at all. Has there been, <laughs> has there been people state that when they were possessed that they could remember it, like he stated he was having an outer body experience? I thought most possessions people don't remember shit. No, that's not true. Okay. They they can remember. Okay. In some cases. Some cases they do. Some cases they don't. All right. I just was not aware of it yeah. where they remembered, you know, what they did while they were supposedly possessed. Mm-hmm. So our opinions now, since we've gone through the theories, I'm kind of, I've got a mixed... Well, the realist of me is just going to be like, this he guy's full of shit. Break, he had a yeah. psychotic break, and he's he's lying. He's either lying or he was hallucinating or something. That's the realist of me. But that's not the life I live, man. I'm not. I'm not a realist. I'm. I'm question everything. I question everything. I. I I'm. I think both theory, main theories out there. You could swing me either way. I'm fifty fifty on each of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could swing me that he was possessed by a demonic possession. And you could swing me on the fact that he was a victim of some sort of mind control. I mean, and I guess those kind of go hand, hand in hand with the mind control and the app being the possessor. Or yeah, I mean, the we have no idea how radio frequencies work, yeah. and we have no well, we know infrasound, like the low, low rumblings, can disrupt your like yeah. make you flipping crazy. Yeah, well, maybe that's what happened. The bottom line is. Not many people in this world just lose it like that. Like they went from being relatively normal, no psychotic episodes whatsoever, to murdering six people, shooting uh, eight people randomly for seemingly no reason at all. I'm not saying it's impossible because it has happened. It's just not, it's rare. So everybody wants to find an explanation. This would make a hell of a Netflix series. Uh, At least a documentary. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like a docu-series. 
there's more questions in this one than there are answers. And unfortunately, he does not speak at all at his sentencing trial or anything. He does, actually. When the first victim... I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When she is I'm on sorry. the stand, he blurts out just incoherent ramblings. And they have to physically they restrain fi- him. No, they don't physically restrain him. him. They physically drag him out well, of the court. Well, he starts off and they... They push him down, and he's got this possessed look on his yeah. face. Yeah. And they, like, physically drag him out of the courtroom while the the victim is wailing. Yeah, she's losing she is She loses it, and I can't blame her. But she composes herself enough that she continues the questioning. Yeah. And she does. And But other than that, he doesn't say anything. Mm-mm. He doesn't speak. He's just there in the, ugh. I don't know. And I know we're just a little bitty podcast on the fringes of Apple, but <laughs> if Miss Carruthers ever hears this episode, I cannot tell you how much I respect you Absolutely. in the whole story. Absolutely. You protected those children. You were brave enough that you were not going to let what he did to you make you jaded and that you were not going to get your life back together you forced yourself to learn how to walk again. You forced yourself to take the stand. And again, you have my utmost respect. Absolutely. And if you drink and we ever run into each other, mm. I will buy you a drink, Miss Carruthers. <laughs> it don't have to be a beer either. No. <laughs> it can be a Shirley Temple. <laughs> yeah, man. It, I mean, honestly, that's we rarely agree, but I agree wholeheartedly, man. Like Something like that would ruin me. Ruined yeah, because you could just be mad at the world for the rest of yeah, your life. Absolutely, but she stepped up. She's she she was a, she's a hero. She is a she's hero. A hero. She really Bottom is. Bottom line. And again, hats off to the whole law enforcement in Kalamazoo. They did a wonderful job, you know, staying on top of this. And I feel like even all the way down to the prosecuting assistant prosecuting attorneys, they did a great job. So with that. Let's get into our recommendations. Let you go first there, Coach. Well, I decided I I do like the channel, even though they screwed up their research. Um, Paranormal Scholar. Very good. Um, Very good website. I mean, very good YouTube page. Very informative. Very well done. But I'm skeptical when I saw the the miss... um, The miss... um, The miss... Their mistake when it came to his killing spree. That video was uh, five people that killed because the devil made them do it or something like that. It's it's on down there in their list. But, man, they got a lot of good stuff on there. So that's my recommendation. My recommendation. Well, my recommendation is actually a website. It's kind of like unsolvedmysteries.com where you can get lost. Yeah. This one is called CoolInterestingStuff.com, and they have a plethora of things from disappearances, ghost stories, UFOs, men in black, you name it, you can find it on that website. They're not very long articles, but they're just long enough to pique your interest where you start chasing the rabbit. Uh, We all know. We We like the rabbit. Chasing rabbits. Right. (laughs) Well, you got anything else there, bub? I know, I think we might did it. Okay, then I guess the only thing left to do is uh, deuces.